Blog Talk Radio. Boom! There was a loud crashing sound, and then there was a pause for about a split second, and then there was like a scream or two, and then everyone just ran, everybody. There was mass chaos. The smoke, the black smoke and fire. Hijacked, and there are indications that it may have been a Boeing 767 out of Boston.
uh, I remember I was leaving the house of the first plane, and, and I remember something in my brain, and I remember uh, Brian Gobble, who was doing the Today Show, I think Katie Kirk recalled years later uh, how he had told her uh, kind of off-camera pure terrorism, and I remember that story. And I think I remember telling somebody that at the same time because your normal plane does not just fly into a building. Um you know, pilots even know that was a fly zone. Uh, you know, pilots just don't fly into a building. And even on an accident, you know, that doesn't happen. And when it happened the second time, then you knew uh, what was going on. And I was on my way into downtown Chicago. Um, and by the time that had occurred, uh, they had already kind of well evacuated the city, and you could see the eerie sight of traffic leaving Chicago. There wasn't much going into Chicago, and I remember being at a. Uh, I worked in college admissions at that time, and I remember being at the high school, and it was pretty much just kind of like a, this was a quiet day. Uh, students were pretty much just kind of like more, I guess, like dazed and confused, and. By around 10 a.m., when the buildings had come down, you knew that this was something bad. Uh, And then seeing later that day and and for the next few uh, days, no aircraft flying in the skies above you was even more chilling. Um, You know, it's just hard to believe that you go to bed on September 10th thinking that the next day is normal. And then the day after, everything changed. What were you doing on that day? Uh, I remember I was. It's it's. You're exactly right. It's one of those things where if you were there, you will remember. My dad remembers um, Kennedy being shot. Um, I remember my dad's parents talking about Pearl Harbor. So there there are certain things that you do remember. This is an etched thing. Um, I was working in a server room, and I was when the per, when the first plane hit. I started getting shortly thereafter phone calls and text messages and emails from the casino floor saying that their system was not running as quickly as before, because everyone was trying to get out onto the internet to figure out if what they heard was true. Um, went to the server room right before the second plane hit, and then I stopped to get some coffee in our employee lunchroom. And it was dead silent, except for the TVs. And in a casino, it's never silent. So to have it be dead silent was crazy. Um, And to have everybody that's in the casino staring at a TV and not at a slot machine or a table game, was equally as eerie. And uh, I got to, um, I don't know if it's, I got to, but I did see the second plane hit the second tower. And that's when I knew everything was going to be completely different. And it was quiet. Um, the casino I worked at was outside the city of Chicago at the time, but just no air travel. And it's close it was close to the city, so we usually did see the planes. We did see the cars. You, you got a lot of people in and out of the city coming out to the casino, and that just eerie quiet was insane. 
So I remember that, um, and that was a lot of my day was making sure that our Internet system stayed up and running so people could get updates. Um, And then eventually, like, the sound came back. That's the only thing that I could that I can describe it as. It's almost like the slot machines and knew not to make noise for a couple of hours. It was insane. So yeah, that was I was at work when that happened. You know, we we sit here we talk about how air travel because kids think that it's you know a lot of kids grow up now knowing of the TSA and they know about the things that were in place and we tell them hey. Pre-9-11, you know, airport security wasn't what you know it to be now. And it's amazing how in the span of, you know, from that, you know, uh, begat TSA, Department of Homeland Security, and a lot of other uh, departments. And we didn't think that we needed it at that time. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, you heard about hijackings and you heard about things that happened, but it was always in other countries. It wasn't here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You didn't think that someone would have the nerve to do something like that on a domestic flight in the United States. Uh, And, you know, the more you heard about the intricacy and the plot of how it occurred, uh, the more everyone was in agreement that even though it would disrupt the way that they were used to, that it was now needed. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it, it. You know, I remember as a child, you know, walking uh, my parents to the gate, watching the plane go off, and then turning mm-hmm. around and come back. Now you can't even get past a certain section to get to the gate without having a ticket and going through, uh, you know, a check, uh, and it's that one day that has changed a lot of other things. You know, it was a time Mm -hmm. when you'd go to the ballpark and, you know, you didn't have, all they did was just check your ticket. (laughs) You go through the gate, that was it. And now Mm -hmm. you have, uh, you know, at ballparks or at football games, you have the gate before the gate, so to speak, uh, Mm -hmm. where you have to go through security measures. Um, all in trying to now be careful. Uh, I guess the only good thing out of that was that you feel even more secure and it didn't really too much disrupt your freedom, if that makes sense. Uh, Correct, yeah. Well, I mean, I remember when, um, granted, now I'm going <laughs> to, I did something bad if the if the government wants to come after me, they can uh, when I was in college and not quite 21 yet, we went to Mexico and in Mexico, you only had to be 18 to purchase alcohol. And we brought back, we walked over the border, no big deal with, uh, a full bottle of alcohol. Didn't get a chance to drink it that night. So we threw it in our carry on bag cause that's all we brought and jumped on a plane and came back to Illinois. And that was a full regular size bottle of alcohol and a carry-on bag on on the plane. Like, I remember that my friend, we were running late, and she walked us all the way up to the gate. We were almost onto the gang plane, kind of basically that walkway, and she was giving us a hug as we're checking our tickets. 
You know, we kept our shoes on. Little things that kids these days, teenagers these days, young adults these days don't necessarily realize had changed. I remember also the people that were freaking out about it at first. Oh, my God, you're going to make me take off my shoes. Oh, my God, you're going to make me... I can't carry, I, what, you mean I can't put my shampoo in my carry-on, but I only want, you know, I only want to carry on where I'm going, stuff like that. Um, being able to go up into the cockpit and get do a little flight your wing pin and being able to see what the pilot does, mm-hmm. having that door open, yep. you didn't, that's stuff you don't, you don't get to do anymore. Having the pilot come out and talk to people out on the plane or the co-pilot, depending on who was flying, and walk right. up and down the aisle. Stuff that, again, stuff you don't realize because either you weren't alive before that or old enough to remember it. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. As much as as much as much it is now, like, we're so used to it now and everything's good and nobody, I mean, yeah, okay, people complain. I complain when people take off their shoes and they don't have socks on. But that's just a gross factor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... but, but it's not a big deal anymore. It's like I've gotten so used to, like, I don't put things in my pockets before I go. I'm basically ready to go and everything's in my bag before I go to check in so that the only things I have to take off are if I need a coat, a coat, my shoes, and then, like, my ID that I have in my pocket, and that's it. Everything else is on my carry-on. So I'm already used to it, and by because of that, it's easier now. But to look back, oh, my gosh. There were people that fought against it. Wow. Well, we wanted to remember uh, our remembrances on this day. We could not do this show tonight, a um, full-on regular show, without at least pausing to remember this day. And hopefully all of you have had a chance to remember it, talk about it, um, and get a sense of just how precious life is because it can change in an instant. And we do hope that uh, uh, you know we learn from it. Um, and that we remember. Um, we are going to have a regular show tonight, as regular as we can do it. Um, still ahead in this show, um, as you saw on probably the preview for tonight's show, uh, of course, the end of an era in television. Um, <laughs> pretty sure it was met with a big yawn. Uh, we'll discuss a little bit of that here shortly. Also tonight, I will have a commentary Uh, And then also later tonight, uh, we learned something about the California wildfires and a (laughs) word I want to put with it. It's something that I don't know that's really needed much anymore, especially out on the West Coast. Uh, And then also uh, news about a 12-year-old who was suspended from school. The answer will surprise you. Uh, We'll talk about that, and then, of course, if we have a little time left, we will look at what is trending on Twitter. Uh, But the first story tonight is something that people I have seen lately online who are up in arms about already. uh, Battle lines are being drawn. And it is, you know, I know this is a year in which a lot of stuff has been canceled. And it seems Mm -hmm. lately. In the last few years, one of the biggest holidays that people get a kick out of is Halloween. And a day after issuing guidelines that restricted trick-or-treating and other Halloween traditions because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Los Angeles County health officials walked back some of the rules this week. 
Uh, the county said Tuesday that trick-or-treating, haunted houses, and parades would be banned because those activities make it difficult to maintain social distancing. The updated guidelines stopped short of prohibiting kids from going door-to-door to collect candy. The rules were slightly revised, and now officials are recommending that trick-or-treating may not uh, trick-or-treating not happen this year. Uh, so-called trunk-or-treating events, where kids walk from car to car in a parking lot, are also not recommended. But car parades are okay, as are drive through haunted houses and Halloween movie nights at drive-in theaters that meet health and safety standards. Parades, carnivals, indoor haunted houses, and concerts are not permitted. Uh, officials encourage online parties. I don't know how you do that. Meals at outdoor restaurants, Halloween-themed art installations at outdoor museums, and decorating homes and yards. Uh, one person said not going trick-or-treating is just the latest disappointment for her six-year-old grandson, <laughs> what he's got to deal with this year. Earlier this summer, his kindergarten graduation was canceled. That's a different story, and you know how I feel about those. Some teachers improvised <laughs> the drive ceremony. She told him Halloween is not canceled. We're just going to do it differently. Uh, she's also planning a virtual party with extended family members in costumes, a Halloween-themed backyard scavenger hunt, and a scary story time, and there will still be plenty of candy. Health officials didn't say what kind of enforcement measures would be in place, and one person stated that not letting kids trick-or-treat is an overreaction. Uh, but some doctors are arguing that data shows that children are at very low risk of transmitting the virus to adults. I've seen on Facebook about people saying how Halloween is not a government holiday, so they can't tell me what to do on Halloween. Uh, I know that you now have a child that probably is not going to do too much in regards to trick-or-treating and uh, (laughs) the other things that she used to probably do, but uh, how do you feel about states restricting what goes on during Halloween? Oh, I hate it. Um, All right, so Halloween is my favorite holiday. Uh, That is is my favorite holiday. It is um, in the month of my birth, so I get to celebrate all month. I get to dress up. I get to be somebody else. I get to pretend for a while. I get to jump out from behind doorways and scare people and laugh, and, and, and that's it's all part of just having a good time. It's not religious it's not it's not any it's not state mandated it's just dress up and have a good time and then of course candy um and i'm a candy person i love my sweets so i love halloween um i hate that states are mandating it but i also understand it i get what they're saying um i'm not sure that trick-or-treating should be canceled uh, kids, if you do it right, you can have the kids be wearing masks. I mean, think about it. Jason, Mike Myers, they seem to get around just fine. Um, you can make them into that. Uh, clowns, you know, put a mask on a clown, paint the face. Um, yeah, so kids can wear masks. Turn into, make them into the, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with those plastic masks. Those things we had on when we were kids, why not? I get the social gathering aspects of it, the um, haunted houses where people do tend to gather and, and people do tend to, to cluster together. I get that. I do. I just, I hate that they're getting to be nitpicky about those mandates. And I feel bad. I do feel bad about Halloween is canceled this year, even though it's not, you know? 
So right. that's where I'm at. Uh, you're right. I don't have a child that's uh, young enough to do the trick-or-treating thing, but is old enough to do the Halloween party thing. And that's where she's disappointed um, because this year's Halloween party thing isn't happening because it's a social gathering. I am kind of surprised about the trunk or treat thing because, I mean, I mean, I've never done a trunk or treat. You've done one, I know. Uh, a few, I mean, yeah. I know that you're outside, and I, I think really it can be done. This year too. <laughs> and I don't know. I was like, you're going to have a lot of people breaking this rule. I, I mean, we, oh yeah, because people are going to say enough is enough. We've already have lost summer. Uh, kids already lost, you know, graduations. They've lost, um, you know, proms. They lost other things. This is the last big time of the year before anything for kids to be kids. Uh, you can't really count Thanksgiving because they're all in a house at a small table. You can't really count Christmas because they're getting gifts and they're at home. So this is the last really big thing of the year before the next year. And people are going to – I have a very odd feeling you are going to hear a lot about huge parties that places don't know about, uh, unsanctioned parties, and college kids having huge Halloween parties. And unfortunately, some things could happen from that, but I don't know how you stop that. And I don't, I don't know, know that you should. <laughs> I don't know that you should. The mental health of everyone in the world, well, not in the world. The United States has taken this, and I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm saying the United States has taken this in from March until now. Um, we're looking into October, the end of October. November. I know I'm planning out into February of next year. Um, so we're looking at another, like almost an entire, uh, almost a total of a year so far of dealing with this. People are sick of it. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. And I'm not saying that the response to it was right or wrong. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying I know a lot of people that are just tired of it. On both ends, the end of the spectrum, which is why it, why don't we just shut down completely, get rid of this because nobody's in contact with anybody, you're done. If there's nobody that has it anymore, then nobody's going to get it anymore if we're shut down for however long. And then you have the other side of the spectrum, which is open everything back up and make people deal with it on their own. It's like the flu virus, just deal with the sickness. So, I mean, there's the rainbow but a general consensus, even on that rainbow spectrum, is they're tired of yeah. it. And I think part of that is – Yeah, I was going to say, you just hit on something. I'm pretty sure the next few weeks where uh, we're talking about the flu virus and flu shots now becoming available here in the next few weeks. I can only imagine the uh, the stories that will come from that in the next few weeks. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I get it. People were tired, and a lot of stuff got canceled. By the way, a kindergarten graduation being canceled is not a big thing, people. That's low <laughs> on the totem pole. They've still got 12 years. Canceling yeah. a graduation for college that you've worked four hard years for and possibly taken out thousands and thousands of dollars of loans, 
that's a little bit more important. Yes, exactly. I, I'm. This is why we're friends. I, I can't, you know, <laughs> kindergarten, fifth grade, no. I only expect three graduations, eighth grade, high school, college. Call me when it's those. <laughs> uh, so I should be calling of, you at the end of this year is what you're saying? Speaking of ridiculous Keeping up with the Kardashians Now (laughs) Kardashians Have announced that season 20 Now don't get fooled Because it hasn't been on for 20 years But season 20 will mark the final season Of Keeping Up with the Kardashians Kardashian, Jenner family And E announced that the iconic series That's their words not mine Will return for season 19 on Thursday, September 17th, followed by one last season in early 2021. Uh, The release that was put out says that it is with heavy hearts that we say goodbye to keeping up with the Kardashians. After what will be 14 years, 20 seasons, hundreds of episodes, and several spinoff shows, we decided as a family to end this very special journey. Uh, We're beyond grateful to all of you who've watched us over these years. The good times, the bad times, the happiness, the tears, and the many relationships and children, and we'll forever cherish the wonderful memories and countless people we've met along the way. Um, You know, I... I, This is going to sound bad, and as much as I love Kim Kardashian, it's about a few years overdue. <laughs> I don't know who's they still watching. The shark in 2019, or they jumped the shark in 2015. I'm sorry. I don't know when they even started. I don't know who still watches the show like that. Uh, you know, you don't hear about keeping up with the Kardashians being must-see TV. You know? I, <laughs> I really don't know. If there is anybody out there, please let me know who still watches it. I know E. Yeah. Oh. I didn't even watch the spinoffs. I don't love. I don't love. Yeah. No. I didn't even know there were spinoffs. I don't. I don't. Not nothing against. Okay. I have nothing against family. I don't know them, so I don't have anything against them. I don't know them as people, and I don't watch the show. Never have. Never did. Um, the keeping up with, but. And Kim drives me up the wall, but that's all right. Um, everybody's allowed to in the media. I'm allowed to drive people up the wall. Uh, I just, I don't, this this is, they should have done five seasons if it was popular. Seven seasons if it was popular. This is, like, see, it's, really? I'm glad it's over. It's overdue. It's long overdue. Long overdue. When Kanye make- West lost his crap on the on the show and Kim's crying because I can see that on Twitter because everybody talked about that one for a moment. That's when it should have been over. I'm making this call now, and I'm actually predicting it on this show. If E does another family reality series, it's going to be about the Thorn Sisters. I have a very odd feeling it's going to be about Bella. Uh, Kaylee and Danny Thorne and their mom. Oh, my God, their mom is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> their mom is very beautiful, too. They, they kind of remind me of the Kardashians at this moment, uh, and especially now that the press and the heat that Bella's getting. Um, they have, I, I, if they don't overdo it, 
I could see them being the placeholders on the next family reality train um, because they're young and, well, at least Bella still is. Uh, and, and it's like they're all still kind of youngish and they don't really have – the only thing that's lacking is that they don't really have drama like that, uh, you know, as to where it could, like, overspread through the relationships because uh, Danny's busy being a DJ – Bella is dating, I forgot the gentleman's name, I guess he's a musician or something like that, and Kaylee is, uh, uh, he's a wild child, um, and their mom is also kind of a wild child, so I was like, I could see them being the next set of people who takes over that Kardashian chain, I think it's, yeah, <laughs> I'm just calling it, just a prediction here, you can mark this show, and when it does happen, You'll come back and be like, man, because I, I can't see one person taking over that franchise and, like, you know, having their own reality, because now you have to have a family. And, and, yeah. So, just mm-hmm. saying. Um, still ahead, because uh, we're almost at the halfway mark here, and I was uh, going to wait, but I will actually do uh, tonight's commentary here. Uh, and then uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with the remainder of the show. But uh, just wanted to talk about uh, for a second. Uh, I actually think now we have to have a name to this commentary. I don't think two-minute rant fit because sometimes it's not two minutes. Thinking about that. Um, Oh, and before I forget, before tonight's commentary, I want to thank all of you who participated in the online uh, survey this week uh, on our Twitter page over at News Comment BTR. Uh, pretty much we asked you if we were to branch out this show, which is actually what we're thinking of doing. Uh, we're um, Actually, I'll say it now, thinking about adding another night of programming <laughs> to this ever-stable mm-hmm. shows that we do. Uh, but what type of show would you like to see? And uh, we actually had which is actually still in the works. Now that sports is kind of rolling back, uh, we will definitely look into that. Um, and actually, yesterday was the first time that all of the major sports played on the same day. I mean, we're talking football, yeah. mm-hmm. baseball, basketball, I was, uh, hockey, I think even uh, there was uh, soccer, And WNBA, and then there was like a couple of others. So the uh, Open was started that day too. Yeah, in tennis. So there (laughs) was uh, Mm -hmm. quite a bit of a sports day yesterday. Um, But actually, you spoke, and we will listen. And a lot of you said that you wanted kind of like lifestyle advice. I've heard that lately because in this age of everything, people now are at home doing different things and. Uh, looking into different things and such as like, uh, you know, they like the show that we did a couple of weeks with D Siren, uh, and also uh, things such as like investing or uh, just life lifestyle advice. So we'll definitely look into that. Um, thank you uh, for once again uh, answering the call here. But I wanted to kind of talk about tonight, and I know, you know, like we said today that we are looking back at September 11th, and I couldn't help but think that it's amazing how time changes itself. On September 10th, 2001, the world went to bed preparing for 
pretty much a routine day the next day. By the time September 11th was over, our shock and dismay festered into sadness. And on September 12th, that sobering nation awoke with the resolve and a promise to band together against anything or anyone that was trying to get into our way of life. You know, fast forward now to September 10th, 2020, the world uh, saw pretty much a show of unity last night, a football game, booed. Half were okay with it, and the other half were not. That's a story for a different day. On September 11th this year, we pretty much, you know, we passed amidst that internal strife here at home, and we paused to remember. But as we do that, what will September 12th bring? You know, a piece of me, the naive piece of me, longs to see September 12, 2001 again, but knows that September 12th will pretty much bring renewed bickering, tense strife among various ideologies and an ability to not want to listen or know their neighbor. In the face of immense national grief, we were able to find a common ground and stand together. In the face of a new one, at least to some, we're still unable to find that common ground at all. You know, I long for September 12, 2001 again, notwithstanding the tragedy that brought it about. I hope that uh, through all tragedies, big and ones that are deemed concerning, we can put aside our differences and listen again. Isn't it the American way? It seemed to be for one September 12th, why not another? That's tonight's commentary. You're listening to page one here with LeVar and Mary. You're listening to page one with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. here with you, as fine gentleman said, page one on this September 11th, Laura and Mary here, halfway through the show, where have you been? Hopefully you've been with us since the beginning. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of like people who enter, come in late to the movie or, you know, kind of uh, are halfway through the movie. I, That's that guy. <laughs> I never like, go- <laughs> you know the weird thing with movies, speaking of. If I miss the first few minutes, I'm not interested at all in the rest of the movie. If I miss it, I'm done. Uh, it's kind of like I have to fight it hard. Yeah. So. I hate being late. I want to be there for the pre. I am a previews gal. Like I'm not big on watching news and TV and that kind of stuff. And in the last few years, I kind of stepped away from watching a lot of that. Um, so I like the previews at the beginning of the movie. So if I'm late, if I'm coming in and the movie's already started. Oh, I'm so pissed. I'm so mad by them. It's like, I don't even know I'm here. Done. <laughs> and a note for my friend here, I'm actually going to tip, uh, I'm going to flip-flop on topics here. Uh, we kind of usually have oh, our really? topic. But I want to do this one ahead of the other one because the other one I'd much rather end it on that than on this story. Uh, when I read this story this week, uh, it was 
pretty disturbing, and I didn't know what to think. But the story comes out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, where a 12-year-old boy has been suspended for having a toy gun he never bought to school. Isaiah Elliott attends Grand Mountain, a K-8 through grade school south of Colorado Springs. And in late August, the seventh grader was attending an online art class when a teacher saw Isaiah flash a toy gun across his computer screen. The toy in question is a neon green and black handgun with an orange tip with the words Zombie Hunter printed on the side. The teacher notified the school principal who suspended Isaiah for five days and called the El Paso County Sheriff's Office to conduct a welfare check on the boy without calling his parents first. Uh, I don't. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if they were going to bust down the door, said Isaiah. My heart was beating super fast. It was really frightening and upsetting for me as a parent, especially as the parent of an African-American young man, especially given what's going on in our country right now, said Isaiah's father, Curtis Elliott. Curtis's wife, Danny, was equally furious with the school's decision to notify her only after deputies were on their way to the family home. For them to go as extreme as suspending him for five days, sending the police out, having the police threaten to press charges against them because they want to compare the virtual environment to the actual in-school environment is insane. The Sheriff's Department report confirms the teacher, quote, said she assumed it was a toy gun but was not certain. If her main concern was his safety, a two-minute phone call to me or my husband could have easily alleviated this whole situation to where I told them it was fake, said Danny. Neither parent knew the school was recording their son's virtual class, but said the district refused to provide the video to them when they requested it. The Elliot said their son was traumatized by deputies, telling the 12-year-old his behavior could have led to criminal charges and might in the future if he were to do something similar again. He was in tears when the cops came. He was just in tears. He was scared. We were all scared. I literally was scared for his life, said Curtis. Fearful that deputies might overreact to having the school principal tell them a young black boy was potentially armed with a gun. Administration with the school district refused an interview request from the local Fox affiliate, but did email a statement saying that privacy laws prevent us from sharing students' personal information, which includes disciplinary action. We follow all school board policies, whether we are in-person learning or distance learning, and we take the safety of all of our students and staff seriously. Safety is always our number one priority. The district is now receiving dozens of critical comments on its Facebook page, and in response, the district denies its response was based on race or discrimination, but seemed to acknowledge it recorded Isaiah's virtual class without parental permission. I'm going to going to pause for a second, and I'm going to get your opinion on this one. What do you think? Oh, you want me to go first? Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. Strap in, people. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think it's stupid. I think it's overreacting. I think it's laughable. Um, and I'm just using my, my words at this point. Um, I am a parent of a student that is going through virtual learning. Uh, a lot of the um, high schools, colleges, um, most schools are virtual learning at this point. Um, luckily, the virtual learning environment that my student is in has already notified everyone, including the parents, if they are a part of it, um, that the, the um, classes will be recorded for review um, and they are, they are destroyed a week at a time. So if nothing happens within that week, they're destroying that from their servers. And we had to all sign off on it, knowing that we were going to be doing that, that that permission was given. So 
at least in my in my home, we know it's being recorded. We have clear expectations. They were lined out. They were, hey, this is what's going on with the virtual world. Here are your expectations. These are the things we don't want to see. These are the ways that we're going to um, react. And this is the order in which the order of operations. I am grateful for that lineup of things in my household because if this would have happened in my household and that was the reaction, like if I didn't have that, like if I didn't have the, if you do this, this is how we react and this is the next step, if I didn't have that and that's what happened for a neon, I don't know what's going on in Colorado, but I have never seen in my entire life, and I am years old, a neon green gun that is an actual gun to be used. Okay. I could be wrong. I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm just saying in my, I'm going to say 21 plus years, (laughs) I've never seen a neon green gun. It's a toy flipping gun. It's marked as a toy gun. It's following all the rules of being marked as a toy gun with that stinking orange tip that they have to have on it so that police officers don't mistake it as, an, uh, as a real fire web, uh, firearm. Okay, so he's at home and it flashed across the screen. Was he doing it to disrupt the class? Sure. Okay, say he's disrupting class and discipline him in that way. Don't do the welfare check. That's bull. Mm-hmm. I can go on and on about this, but honestly, it's laughable. It's ridiculous, and the school district needs to do better. The schools need to do better. If they're going to say something, they need to follow up every single time. You want to have you want to have um, dress codes. You want to not have eating in class. Then every single student needs to be doing that. Every single teacher needs to be doing that, and it needs to be consistent. And if you're going to do that and you're not going to be consistent, kids talk, parents talk, there's Facebook, there's social media. I'm sorry, you're going to get raked over the coals across the board. You said that schools need to do better. I'm going to one-up it and say that the school should have known better. You know, as educators, I know that there are a lot of responsibilities on there, but you and I both saw the picture, and we're sitting there, and we're like, how could you mistake It's obvious. That it's an obvious. Or a real gun. And then on top of it, you have the gall to take matters into your own hands without consulting the parents and to call the authorities and send them out to this home. And even then... I've got a bone to almost pick with the authorities because even they should have known off of what the school was asking about that gun. But to sit there and to scare this young man and to tell him that this would have taken a more sour route and it still could now puts doubt into the back of his. We got enough problems going on in this country with, you know, things that are going on with law enforcement and young men, especially young black men. And the fact that you come out here and you tell this young man that pretty much his toy gun was bad and that you did a bad thing and this could have went this route and it still could, and to put that doubt now in the back of his mind, it's asinine. And I hope this family sues that educational district and gets whatever they can from them. Because 
all of this could have been avoided had someone just had the plain decency and balls to call the parents, which is what schools normally do anyway. That's usually should be the first step. Call the parents. Verify the information. Ask them. They jumped over the line, called in authorities for something that they should have known or should have been smart to know to a gun, because I don't know out of every gun that I've ever seen, a gun that looked like that and has zombie hunters put on it. And then you call them out, and then you get this young man into trouble, and it could have went further south because you didn't want to talk to the parents about it. It's very upsetting. And it's one of these things where, once again, why didn't we go by the normal steps? Because any other school, and you tell me, and I've never had a child in school, or I mean I've had people who had children in school, when something goes wrong, what's the first thing you do? You call the parents. You don't go immediately ah, over their head and then anymore. do what you need to. Even before you suspend the kid, sometimes you call the parent in, and you tell them what happened. Back in the day when I grew up, something went wrong, first call, you sat in the office before anything went down. Before anybody else walked in there, the call went to your parents. Why didn't that happen? Uh, if I'm a reporter, that's the I first thing that. I'm asking the school district. Why did not? Why didn't that happen? Why did you feel the need to take into your own hands this situation and cause more of a headache besides talking to the parent? I've got questions. And I hope that family has questions, and I hope they're pissed off. It, it, it makes no sense whatsoever, and it's the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard. It's the saddest thing I've ever heard, and I really do hope that this is a learning lesson for everyone involved. And if it is true that these parents were not aware and did not know that this was being recorded, that's an even bigger issue. <laughs> it is very upsetting. Uh, you know, we're going baby steps now in this new process of at-home learning. Uh, these are things that need to be talked about before this all starts. And children and parents need to know. And like I said, this is a learning experience, and I hope it is for this young man, and I hope that he does not grow weary of uh, processes and authority. But it's things like this that send things back. And like I said, nobody wants to say, hey, did this happen because? Because this is just one of those things, once again, where this all could have been avoided had someone had the decency to do what they should have been doing. I don't know. It, it's <laughs> it, it makes there me very There used to be a time when yeah, no, no, there used to be a time when they would call, like, I remember getting in trouble when they called my parents. That was the first thing they did. They have since stepped away from that. If my student um, misses a day of school or misses a period of school, just let's say they skip a class, just one class, I don't get a phone call. I get an automated message at 5 o'clock at night. That doesn't mean no good. That doesn't mean no good when school is over at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Um, They've, they've moved away from contacting the parents. And I'm not the only one. I mean, I know I've heard stories where um, 
the uh, like police are called because a, a student has been bullying or, or doing something that was inappropriate that does require having them escorted off campus and they've called the authorities and the authorities are there escorting the child off campus child and I'm talking 10 11 12 year old children off campus and putting them into the backs of squad cars with lights and sirens and handcuffs. And it's insane that there is not a parent or a guardian or someone there to either, and I'm not going to sit here and say that they may or may not have needed to do that. I'm not going to make that call. I'm not an administrator. I'm not part of that process. But at least have somebody there. Well, remember the story on. about the child down in Florida that that happened to. I think it, what they were about six mm-hmm. or seven, and the yeah. parent didn't know. You know, I was like, there's got to be some guidelines here, and schools have to do better when it comes to things like mm-hmm. that. Because, yeah, like you said, how at five o'clock it's a little too late to kind of know about something that's been happening all day. You know, mm-hmm. I remember back in the day, you know, the teacher would take time out of class, or you know, nowadays there's an assistant or somebody there that I'm pretty sure even an assistant principal is not that busy where they can call the parent right away when the situation happens. Parents will have a greater appreciation, I'm sure, of knowing about it right away than finding out about it later. (sighs) That's one big, ugly story. I want to get to this story before uh, we are out of here tonight, but um, the California wildfires are still – pretty much going on out that way. I actually saw a story uh, late this evening about how the, because of the wildfires out that way, California now has the world's worst, uh, like, air climate, uh, mm-hmm. which is horrible. Uh, but there is uh, new revelations coming out that a family's gender reveal uh, has caused that wildfire. And they're saying them. that uh, it scorched more than 7,000 acres in two days, and it was it happened when a pyrotechnic device was used during a gender reveal. Uh, and the family was headed out to El Dorado Ranch Park for a gender reveal fo- uh, photo, and the reveal was supposed to be done with the pyrotechnic device, but it instead ignited a fire that quickly spread north from the park into uh, Yucapa Ridge, if I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. Um but they believed it was either emitted colored smoke or fireworks, and at least one member of the family stayed behind in an unsuccessful attempt to put out the fire. Members of the family who were there have been cooperating with fire investigators, and officials have also been able to obtain surveillance video from the park where the fire was started. No arrests have been made, and they say it's not the first time that a large brush fire has been caused during an elaborate gender reveal. Uh, something happened back on April 23, 2017, uh, when a massive wildfire was ignited and burned through 47,000 acres of Arizona grasslands, costing more than $8 million in two weeks to extinguish. Uh, the agent pleaded guilty to accidentally setting the fire, and as part of a plea agreement, had to pay $220,000 in restitution. Um, and it's other things that have happened with gender reveal parties, which now uh, has brought across the uh, the outcry of something that probably doesn't need to really happen anymore, especially out west. Um, I've seen them. I, I mean, it's a happy event, but I think that there's probably a, there should be a better way of doing it. 
But my goodness, you know, when we're in summertime and things are dry, and you're going to the woods and dealing with a pyrotechnic device, that's just like putting way too many like bad things uh, at play. Uh, how do you feel about these type of uh, parties now? <laughs> okay, I never liked them. I'm sorry. Uh, it was just one more way of having you have a freaking baby shower. Be done with it. Does it matter what gender it is? I mean, really? I mean, okay, if you're if you're decorating the room, that's fine. But do you have to have a party to reveal it? I I don't know. It's just another way of having a baby shower. I, the, and I was not huge on having a baby shower either, but it is what it is. What's the solution? Uh, we found out about uh, it was Monday when the sun here in Nevada looked like a scene, like the sky looked like a scene from Star Wars. You were coming down over the hill. You couldn't see the strip, which is laughable because you could see the strip from everywhere in the valley. The air quality was so bad, they told people to stay inside. There was so much smoke here. We were like, what's going on? We know it's a California wildfire, but what's going on? Where is it at? What's, you know, it's got to be bad. I found out about the story on Monday and had to laugh because what are you going to name your kid now? It doesn't matter what gender it is. They should be named something along the lines of Pyro or, uh, you know, like Ember or, like, seriously, you need to be, like, the kid obviously is not going to get embarrassed by it, but the parents, oh, my gosh, are you stupid? Are you dumb? So, meh. there's a lot going on there. I don't like just for deal parties, but that's just, I'm also well, I know they've got, well, I know it's going to be one of those things where you'll be like, uh, that college one that you had coming? <laughs> it's not going to be Gone. there. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like you have to one-up the next person. Like, oh, my gosh, got to reveal. I need pyrotechnics. Why? It used to be you'd go over to a, uh, you know, you go to a baby shower and there'd be people with clothes, pins, and toilet paper. And you'd be playing small, and, you know, you'd have a little bit of food, and people would bring you gifts, and you go, oh, you're so cute, even though you feel like a 9,000-pound whale in a in a 2,000-pound suit. You know, it, it, that's what it is. It shouldn't be so showy. Because why are you spending the money on that? You should be spending the money on your kids. I don't know. I don't know. That's my opinion on that stuff. I got lots of things. Well, we'll quickly take a look here at Twitter. Uh, trending tonight, Boston Celtics, who have defeated the Toronto Raptors, and they will face the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. So one half of the finals has now been set for the NBA. Um, also, uh, besides that, trending tonight is a lot of sports, various sports names, uh, especially from that game. Also, the Clippers uh, lost uh, today. Uh, the Nuggets uh, got a fourth-quarter comeback to win game five. Game six will be on Sunday. Um, I think the Lakers will probably have a chance to close out tomorrow. And then this weekend, uh, we know last night was the kickoff for the NFL. Full season starts on Sunday. Uh, so sports, and one way or another, is back Um and so for now, we know that uh, that kind of so brings some, yeah, it brings some uh, 
you know, we'll probably talk more about this next week, but it will bring it brings some back some form of uh, normalcy, I think, for everyone uh, with having it back. And um, yeah, uh, and as always, we thank each and every one of you uh, for joining us. We're here every Friday night, uh, ten o'clock Central Time. Uh, this week, I will do something a little different. Normally, I usually close the show. But I do know that my friend probably has something to say to close out tonight. I will let her do that uh, before I do. I will thank all of you for listening. I will see you next week, and I will let my friend close. So um, tonight, my close is going to be basically exceeding off of every other kind of night that I've talked and done. A quote unquote shout out is make sure you are taking care of your your mental health um, that you're reaching out and that you are allowing yourself to grieve. Um, I lost an important family member this week, and even though she is a four legged variety, um, she brought a lot of love a lot of peace, a lot of happiness, and a lot of laughter into this home. So, to my dear Loki, I miss you terribly. Um, And to anyone that has lost a friend, a family member, a pet, um, or even a piece of their heart, it does get better. It will get better. And there are people that are out there that support and love you. So make sure you make those connections and make sure you keep those connections because that love is always there and it's sorely needed right now. So to anyone that needs it for tonight, you are special. You are loved. All my love to everyone.